Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message from the Nichols Road Campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome this morning. I'm so excited. Yes, we have a lot of announcements this morning, and I have one more. So um, we are actually, now that things have opened up, 2023 is going to be the year to start going on mission trips. Who's excited? (laughs) Yes. So the first one, we're going to go to Mexico. We're going to go to Reynosa, March 31st through April 7th. (laughs) Yes, Caitlin, we're going to Mexico. Um, So we're going to have a bunch of information about that next Sunday after church. So with the way things have changed, we need to get flights, well, I mean, you don't have to get a flight ASAP, but if you don't want to pay through the nose, you're going to want to sign up soon, and, and we're going to get flights going. There is, on in the works, a trip to Japan coming this fall. So you may have to, like, pick or do both, or um, and then there's one more possibility for the summer. So um, just be thinking about, praying about, would you like to go on a mission trip? So that's going to be happening this year. Is that good? Yay! Mexico. Um, So yes, so today I get to start our sermon series called The Songs of Christmas. And I know a bunch of you are probably thinking, oh, which Christmas carol are we going to be talking about, right? Because those are the songs. At Christmas time, we all sing um, a lot of songs that declare God's mercy and grace, which is amazing. I want to thank the worship team and whoever picked the song set because you started preaching for me, and I love that. And um, the songs that we're going to be talking about, actually, are the songs that you find in the book of Luke. There are um, several accounts in the book of Luke of people bursting out in song. And so for the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about that today. In the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about each song separately. And um, But there's a common theme throughout these songs. And that is the theme of hope. Hmm. Um, it, it, wow. Now, hope, um, a lot of times people think of hope as optimism. And optimism is looking at a situation and seeing how it could work out. You know, how could the, if all these things work together, if this person just did this or that person did this, and then then the situation would work out. But hope in the Bible is not optimism. Hope in the Bible, actually in the Old Testament, there's two words in the Hebrew. The first one is yahal, which means to wait. And the other word is kavah, which means um, an anticipation or a tension. So think of a cord that you pull tight and how there's that tension. And so in in the Old Testament, people who were hoping were waiting with anticipation. And what were they waiting for? They were waiting for God. Hope in the Bible is about waiting for the person to come into your situation. It's waiting for God to show up on the scene. 
Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. When that hope comes and it's fulfilled, we, a tree of life gives food. It gives sustenance. And it's good. Is that noise? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Is there something I'm doing here? Use the mic. Do that. <laughs> That's too much. Um, okay, so... <clears throat> and the songs that we, we sang... My heart and my flesh cry out for you. When, we, when our heart and our flesh cries out for the situation to change, we've got the wrong perspective of hope. Hope is the person. And in the, in the songs that we're singing about, or the songs that we're going to be talking about these next weeks, actually, hope was fulfilled. And so we, we learn about that longing, that dream, that desire that is fulfilled, that they've been hoping for, it happened. And so um, I'm going to be sharing today about Mary's song, not Mary, did you know, because she knew a lot more than you think. Um, and Peter's going to be talking about Zacharias, and then Mary's, uh, Mary Lee is going to share about the angels. And so today, um, I just want to give you a little background so most of us know the story of Mary and um, how she was visited by the angel Gabriel. And so Mary is this poor, probably 15, 16-year-old girl who was betrothed. We all know that, but um, I heard this really great thing that there was actually in the, um, in the Jewish culture, there was actually three parts to a marriage. The first was when you were, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to. When, when your parents decided, they arranged your marriage. Okay, that was the first part. And you could have been two years old. You know, if the dad of the groom says, man, that family is really great. They've got a daughter. I would love for my son to marry that girl, you know. And then later, when they were older, they would become betrothed. And it's not like our engagement because it was a um, legal binding thing. To break off that betrothal, would, you would have to get a divorce. But what would happen is you would become betrothed and the groom would then go and he would prepare his home. He would have a home prepared for his bride. And then the wedding, when he would consummate the marriage, he would come unannounced. The bride would just have to be ready. And it could take one to two years. So here's Mary just anticipating Joseph showing up. And here comes Gabriel. And Gabriel says to her, the angel Lord says to her, do not be afraid. She was probably startled. Um, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. He's telling her the Messiah is coming and you get to be a part of it. All those hoping for hundreds of years that people had done waiting for the Messiah to come. Now's the time. 
The thing they've been waiting for is going to happen right now. And Mary's response isn't, I mean, she does question and he answers her, but her response is, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She's like, absolutely, I'm in. What faith? What faith? You know, she's standing on the patriarchs, like or she's standing on the um, people in the Bible, like Isaiah, who says, here am I, send me. You know, like Ruth, who says to Naomi, wherever you go, I will go. Your God will be my God. Job, even in all of his circumstances that did not look good, he says, even if it kills me, I will hope in the Lord. Even Jesus submitted to God and said, Father, not my will, but yours be done. Mary didn't know that one, but she says, whatever it be, do unto me. And so then she goes because the angel had also told her, guess what? Your cousin Elizabeth, who's been barren and she's old, she's actually six months pregnant. And Mary's like, whoa, wait a second. Somebody else is having some incredible thing happen. And so she travels to go see Elizabeth. They say that it's about 80 to 100 miles on foot. She goes to see Elizabeth. And this is what happens. At that time, Mary got ready, hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's John the Baptist is going, amen, the Messiah is here, right? And Elizabeth filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. I mean, that's just incredible. And then Elizabeth's response is in a loud voice, right? In a loud voice, she says, blessed are you among women, Blessed is the child you bear. And then she says, you know, people say that Peter was the first to declare that Jesus was the Messiah. (laughs) Elizabeth says, why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? The Holy Spirit gave her an inside scoop, right? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Mary was obedient and said, do unto me. I will do whatever you ask me to do. Being pregnant while betrothed was not a good thing. Okay. And yet she was trusting God. She was hoping in him. And she just said, it's going to work out. Whatever, whatever it will be will work out. Now, um, then Mary, in response to Elizabeth declaring the Messiah that she's carrying is coming forth. She sings this song, and it's called the Magnificat. Okay? the Mendicant, And the reason it's called that is because in Latin, the first few words that she speaks, that's the Latin phrase. Okay? That's the word for it. It's the title given to her song, and um, this is how the song reads. We're going to go ahead and read it, and then we're going to pick it apart. And so Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord, 
and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy he has, and he, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. No, I don't know how to sing that one. I'm sure we could ask Peter to devise a version for us. But in this song, we learn that Mary knew scripture. Why is that, Kathy? Well, let me tell you. First of all, this song um, very, uh, is very similar in its composure to the song that Hannah sang in 1 Samuel 2. When Hannah um, uh, had been barren and she had wanted a son and she had gone into the to the to the temple and she's praying and she finds out that she's pregnant she sings a song and she sings the similar um composed you know lyrics as mary did so mary must have known that but it's more than that they both rejoice in what god did right and and there are other there's 12 other allusions or references to the old testament scriptures within this song so Mary must have known scripture when she, when she burst forth in this song. And um, uh, I read a commentary, David Guzik said, the scriptures were on her heart and came out in her song, right? They'd been hoping for a Messiah. They, she knew the scriptures and now her hope is fulfilled. And so she declares the goodness of the Lord. So we're going to take it apart line by line. The first part, she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. That's that magnificat. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. She rejoices. You know, Elizabeth said, blessed are you. And, and although Mary receives that in a little way, she turns it on God. God is the one who's doing this, not me. I didn't, you know, and I'm just, I'm the recipient of God's um, glory, right? And, and she acknowledges God for who he is. I, my spirit is rejoiced in God, my Savior. She knows who, all, who, who it's all about. It's about the Savior God. There's no pride in her in this song. She knows who's the one who saves. And she goes on and says, For he has regarded the lowly state of his hands, maidservant. Now, regarded... That word regarded, it means he looked upon, but like the sun shining down on you, you know? Or when you look at one, one of the um, references I was reading is, you know, it's like looking up at majesty and seeing them, like, what do you expect to see? You know, if there was some royalty that you were looking up to, would they look down on you and with, you know, condemnation or a frown or, but this he was smiling down on her, right? He's like, oh, what? She's, she's looking at God going, what favor? Because I'm a poor girl from Nazareth. 
And, and yet he um, looks at her and, and says, I can use you. Much like Gideon, who says, my family's poor and I'm the least in my house. And God goes, yep, and I'm going to use you, right? He's, and, and this is true for you and me. He looks not at your circumstances, but he looks at your heart as I can use you. This song is true for you and me. And then she says, behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. Behold says, look and see, look and see. And henceforth means from now on, things will never be the same. Amen? And they were never the same, right? We're not under the Old Testament anymore. There is a New Testament. We're under the new. That's so good. And she's blessed because God has done great things, right? Not her. It's about, and we are blessed because God has done great things for us, right? He's given us Jesus. He's saved us from our wretched state. Amen. <laughs> the Lord has done great things for his people, including you and me. We were blind, but now we see. We were lost and now we're found, planted by living waters. Those things are true for us. In Ephesians 2.6, it says, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Do you know that you're seated in heavenly realms? If you're a believer, that is the truth for you. We are blessed. And she goes on and says, for he is might, he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. God is all powerful, all capable, strong, and he uses his power and strength for us. Think about the wonderful works he's done. She's getting ready to talk about some of the amazing things he's done throughout history, right? She's alluding to all the times that God rescued his rebellious people, and me included. He's rescued us. And holy is his name. Holy means sacred, pure, blameless, consecrated. And when, when you talk about his name, it, it's, it's his authority and it's his character. He is good. God is good. If you don't know that, you need to know that. God is good. Yes, the world is a fallen place. Yes, circumstances are bad. God is still good. And he's on his throne. And his mercy is to those who fear him from generation to generation. That word mercy means his compassion, his tenderness of heart to overlook the offender and do better than we deserve. In the Old Testament, the word meant, mercy meant God's loyal, gracious, faithful love. He's gracious to us. He loves us from generation to generation. For those who fear him, you know, fearing him means giving him due respect, the respect he deserves. 
and the honor to think about him as we ought, not to ignore him. We are part of the generations of believers, right? She says from generation to generation. They didn't stop and start anew, right? We're part of that generation of believers. His mercy is on us. He has shown great strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. Now she's referring back to the days of like Egypt when God defeated Pharaoh. He takes the proud, all the kings who'd puffed themselves up with pride and, and what they did, and they have all fallen, right? And God is consistent. Did you know that? God is consistent. He doesn't change his mind, waffle, do one thing one day and do another another day. He's consistent. And the pride, um, the proud will fall, right? Pro- Proverbs says that. Pride goes before the fall. He reigns with justice, not on our time frame, on his time frame, right? And it says he put, and she says, he put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. This is also a looking forward to what Jesus will do when he's on the throne, judgment comes, He's going to make everything right. Every circumstance that has been wrong, that the enemy has twisted, and and all the things, injustices that were done, Jesus is going to make it right. Do you believe that? He is going to make it right. His judgment is righteous, and he brings down those who have abused their power and exalted those who are persecuted. And then she goes on and says, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, to his seed forever. What he spoke centuries ago about the birth of Jesus has come to pass, and she knows that here it is, right? His promises still hold true. The Bible is full of promises that we can stand on. She knew the promises, and she knew that that this was the fulfilling of one of them, right? The Messiah was here. But how could she be hopeful if she didn't know those promises? How could she know it was happening and it was fulfilled if she didn't know it? She knew the scriptures, Do you know the scriptures? Do you know the promises that are true for you? The Bible is full of promises. Spurgeon, I I love this quote by um, Spurgeon. He says, search the scriptures till you find a promise that matches your case. And when you get it, do not say, I hope it's true. That's an insult to God. The promises of God are true. They are true. Mary's song is full of praise for our amazing God. She raised Jesus. (laughs) Blows my mind. Can you imagine? I mean, like, you know, think about your kids right now. And one of them was Jesus. Like, 
are you really going to let them watch whatever they want on YouTube? I, I don't know, you know? <laughs> or or you, are you cautious about who they play with, you know, or hang out with? <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. Um, and many times throughout the Jesus's life, she was puzzled by circumstances. But you know what she did? I mean, there's lots of places where it says she was puzzled by these things, but she pondered them in her heart. You know, she's like, hmm, I'm not sure how this is going to work out, but okay, right? And after Jesus is crucified and resurrected and ascends into heaven, where is Mary? She's hanging out with the disciples just like him or just like them. And, and um, it says they were devoting themselves to prayer and awaited the coming of the Holy Spirit as promised by Jesus. Um, this is in, I'm sorry, Acts 1, 14. And then he adds the women, the mother of Jesus was with them. She, she is, um, sorry about that. That's not right. Um, the last time Mary is mentioned in the Bible is this account that she's with the disciples and she's waiting, right? And um, they were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. So her role as mother is fulfilled. She's done what God asked her to do. And, and she's, she's a disciple just like you and me. And she is, um, the later Bible writers never mention Mary again, okay? So there's no, like, she's, she's just like us. But her attention is forward, the hope for Jesus to come back, right? And in the meantime, for her to be transformed, just like you and I are hoping for that. That every And, and what are we doing with that hope? We, we need to be doing this. For everything that was written in the past, that's the Old Testament, and for us, the New Testament, was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures, all those people persevered, they endured all kinds of things, and the encouragement they provide, we know we're not alone, that we might have hope. We have hope, but what for? Not just for everything in the end, which we well, I'll talk about in a second. You know, um, when my daughter died, I had optimism that the circumstance would work out that somehow she'd be raised back to life or she'd be healed and through the whole process and she died that circumstance didn't work out the way I thought it would but my hope was that Jesus would comfort me the Holy Spirit would come and walk beside me comforting me in my grief and sorrow. That's where our hope needs to lie. Your circumstances don't define your hope. Your hope can actually help you in your circumstances, right? Your hope is in Jesus so that God will come and comfort you and lead you and guide you. Mary is an inspiring example of a humble woman with great faith. Psalms 147 says, The Lord delights in those who fear him, 
who put their hope in his unfailing love. We need to hope in his love. We also hope, like Paul said, that creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. You know, when Jesus returns, everything will be set right. So where is your hope? Where is your hope today? Are you facing a circumstance that you just don't know how it's going to work out? You can still have hope in Jesus. He will make everything right. He will comfort you right now. I want to I take a minute and do that right now. I want to pray for you as I close. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, we just, we do want this hope to fuel our lives. Without you, what is there to hope for? And our circumstances sometimes look really big. And so I just pray right now, each one in this room that has circumstances that seem chaotic and, and out of control or, or just feel hopeless, that you would come and ignite hope because you are hope. That your love sustains us your love covers us, engulfs us. We can have peace in the midst of turmoil. And that we can trust you because you are good and so faithful. Help us to shift where our hope lies if we've had it misdirected, that we would just hope in you, that we would give you um, all of our cares, that we would put all of our cares on you. Thank you. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for making a way for us to receive your love through Jesus' death and resurrection. We're in awe of you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So um, we do have a prayer team that's going to be available today. If you are struggling with some situation or circumstance, um, our prayer team wants to pray for you. And um, you don't even have to tell them what it's about. You just just receive prayer. We also... um, you know, if there's a, 
you can also come to the pastoral staff if, if you um, need and be um, lifting up those that are sick. We have a bunch of people in our congregation, our pastors, Bill and Marilee are home and their whole family is sick right now. So we just, we just um, pray for them, right? Let's do that real quick. So Father, I just pray for the mensers where they are, that you would just fill them with healing, Lord, and that, um, yeah, that you just be with them in Jesus' name. And with that, I hope that you will come back to hear Peter share the next installment of our Christmas songs next week. And with that, would you go do and be Christ in your community? Amen.